Welcome to The Wellness Connection with your hosts, Roddy Aglis and Peter McCarthy. Our program provides you with timely and relevant information on the state of your health and the topics surrounding it, such as natural remedies, green living, expert opinions, important facts, and more to contribute to your healthy lifestyle. Now, here are Peter McCarthy and Roddy Aglis. Hello and welcome to the Wellness Connection. I'm your co-host, Roddy Aglis. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy, and we have an exciting and informative show for you today, including interviews with researcher and FDA whistleblower Dr. Renee Dufault and National Health Freedom Coalition President Roseanne Lindsay. And as usual, we'll cover the supplement of the week, the burning question, and this week's drug-induced nutrient depletion report. But as a longtime meditator, Radia, I know you know the importance of proper breathing, and your report sheds new light on the importance of that subject. Yes, it does, Peter. A recent study published in the journal Journal of Neuroscience showed that breathing through the nose when trying to learn a set of smells allowed the subject to remember better. Karolinska Institute researchers have shown that subjects who breathe through the nose consolidate their memories better. In this study, subjects learned 12 different smells on two separate occasions and then were asked to either breathe through their nose or mouth for one hour. After an hour, subjects were presented with the old smells as well as a set of new or, or, or new set of 12 smells and identified whether each one was from the old or new learning session. According to the researchers, nose breathing subject remembered the smells better. The next phase of the study will be to measure what happens to the brain during breathing and how it is linked to memory. The idea of breathing affecting behavior is not a new one. Importance of breathing is is stressed in traditional medicine and for thousands of years in meditation. But it's not yet been scientifically proven what actually happens in the brain. Researchers hope to answer these questions now that they have the tools to help reveal the clinical knowledge. This is a really great step, you know, and I'd like to see these researchers tie into the Harvard School of Public Health that have done a lot of research on meditation and see if they can kind of connect the dots there because it really does matter or make a difference when you are more mindful as to what your mental capabilities are. Absolutely, and we do know, too, research has shown that even four minutes of controlled breathing, in other words, just following the breath, can lower the cortisol cascade. Wow. So just, if nothing else, reducing your stress helps your memory. There you go, yes. Well, so, Peter, you, uh, you've you exercised, better than me, I might add, for many years, <laughs> so your report came uh, to no surprise to you, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely, it didn't, Radia. You know, according to a new study, not exercising may be worse for health than smoking, diabetes, and heart disease, as published in the journal JAMA Network Open. Researchers suggest that being unfit should be considered as strong of a risk factor as is smoking, diabetes, and hypertension, if not stronger than all of them, and should be treated as a disease that can actually be cured with the prescription of exercise. Over 122,000 participants were studied retrospectively 
who underwent treadmill testing to measure all-cause mortality relating to benefits of fitness and exercise. Those with lowest exercise rates accounted for 12% of the subjects, but the most fit individuals did the best in this study. The study lead author said that once the individuals are cleared by their physicians, they should not be worried or afraid of exercise intensity since benefits were seen across all ages and sexes in this study. No age limit has been found that will not benefit from being physically active. Risk factors of sedentary lifestyle were found to overwhelm risk factors for diabetes, smoking, and some end-stage diseases. Compared to those in the most fit category, those with sedentary lifestyles were associated with a 500% increase for death. When comparing risk of being sedentary versus being among the most fit, the risk of death is three times higher than that due to smoking. The study authors asserted that the doctors need to give patients prescriptions for exercise because the body needs to move, run, and walk. It's all about getting up and moving. (laughs) (laughs) I used to take, you know, uh, Zumba, and I loved it, you know, but my schedule has made it really impossible. So you know what I do on the floor in the... the, um, in the pharmacy. What's that? Yeah, the staff loves it. The old mm. lady. I dance. <laughs> I dance. I have to put you know supplements on the shelf or whatever. And we play some pretty good music. And I literally go and dance. Uh, and I try to work up a sweat. Or I literally run the aisles. And on the way to the studio, what was I listening to? The Bee Gees singing, you should be dancing. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) There you go. All right. Well, now I'm delighted to introduce our special guest, Dr. Renee Joy Defoe. Dr. Defoe served in the U.S. Navy as an industrial hygiene officer and in the public health service as an environmental health officer. During her 16-year public health career, she worked at the National Institute of Health, Environmental Protection Agency, the Shoshone uh, Paiute Tribes, and the Food and Drug Administration, where she proved expertise in the area of toxicology, environmental health, and industrial hygiene. She retired early from the uniformed service after 20 years in 2008 to publish her findings of mercury in high fructose corn syrup and continue her research with collaborators on the role toxic food ingredients play in the development of disease conditions. Her research team's most popular article to date was published in the Clinical Epigenetics Journal in 2012 and explores the gene-environment interactions likely responsible for the autism epidemic in the United States. She is also the author of the 2017 book, Unsafe at Any Meal. Dr. Dufault, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Thank you, Peter and Radia, for your invitation. I'm happy to be with you today. Well, awesome. Dr. Defoe, you are the FDA scientist who blew the whistle on finding mercury in high fructose corn syrup back in 2009. Can you tell us a little bit about that situation? Yes. um, In preparing a presentation on the mercury cycle for FDA, I accidentally found out through my research that corn refiners were producing high fructose corn syrup with mercury residues. And uh, that was a big shock, and uh, any, everyone involved in that study was, was very concerned. 
So uh, I reported those findings to the FDA Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition, and I was to back off and 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 stop the investigation. So uh, I, in order to publish, I had to uh, retire early, and that's what I did. Back then, I had only identified two sources of the mercury residues, but since my retirement, I have uh, identified a third source, which is the intentional use of mercuric chloride at the start of the corn syrup refining process. Wow. Wow. So, so you were told to back off? Yes. Oh, yes. I was, I was ordered to... Uh, to uh, stop my investigation, and as a commissioned officer, of course, I, I, that I, my uh, behavior fell under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, so I couldn't do anything else. I mean, you have to obey the the uh, rules, period, or you can, uh, you know, you you can be found. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, you don't know this, uh, Dr. Dufo, but you're talking to a retired Air Force lieutenant colonel. Uh, I spent 20 years in, in the service also. Believe me, I can get exactly the dilemma that you were under. And uh, did any of your colleagues uh, make a similar move? Uh, no. Uh, the colleagues that I worked with were pretty much outside the agency. I worked with a chemist at University of California, Davis, my alma mater. And then I also, well, I did work with some folks at the Uniform Services University of the Health Sciences. They were under the same Uniform Code of Military Justice. So, wow. uh, you know, uh, there really wasn't anything that we could do at that point. And I was told, you know, uh, expressly told that I could not continue. So, oh, so goodness, and I, I do want to make just a comment to our listeners. Uh, you realize that mercury is a very serious neurotoxin, and uh, it's that's a very dangerous finding that that we're hearing. Yeah, and have any other researchers found mercury residues in corn syrups or products containing corn syrup? Yes, um, after I retired and we published the findings uh, in 2009, uh, the uh, corn refiners were very upset, very upset, as you might imagine. And so they claimed at that time that they stopped using uh, the chemicals that, that, would, that we thought was, were responsible for putting the mercury in the end product of corn syrup. But in 2010... Canadian government researchers led by Karen Rideout pulled products off their grocery shelves and found mercury residues in products containing corn syrup. So those, those findings have been published. And, uh, and of course, my, my later research, which we'll talk about later in the call, we've we verified that, uh, you know, if you eat uh, a diet high in processed foods and you're inorganic, mercury levels in your blood are going to go up. Oh, my goodness. Gosh, well, wow. So what have you been doing since you took an early retirement in 2008, 10 years ago? Well, since my retirement, I've been busy trying to follow the science. Uh, in, in science, you can see or suspect that there's a problem, but it isn't a real problem until you gather the evidence. You have to have the data. Sure. In the case of inorganic mercury residues in the food supply, we now know through our clinical trial work involving human subjects that inorganic mercury exposures do result from eating highly processed foods. And these exposures are directly associated with the development of type 2 diabetes and autism. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. We always thought, you know, oh, stay away from fish because, you know, fish is loaded with mercury. But now we're hearing, you know, all these processed foods also contain mercury. Wow. Wow. Well, doc, Dr. Defoe, we got just a, over a minute until we have to go to break. Why did you write Unsafe at Any Meal now? Well, the evidence is uh, overwhelming at this point, and, and child health is at risk. Uh, future child health, child health now. So it was time to let the public know what's going on. And because every, each generation, our children are getting sicker and, and we have to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm, wow, that's yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was I was stunned when I look at looked at the results that you've uh, you've provided to us uh, in unsafe and any meal. And we'll be talking about that in just a little bit. Um, we'll be back with more of our interview with Dr. Renee Dufoe after this message from our sponsor. And you're listening to the Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Balance and good health, two essential building blocks for a full and rich life. But sometimes in our complex and stressful world, both can be lost, and you need to find a natural way to get them back. Enter CBD oil, a natural approach to restoring harmony to your body and your life. But not just any CBD oil. For natural results, you want to be sure the CBD oil you use is produced the right way. Wave Organics offers pure CBD oil from hemp raised naturally on farms in Colorado. The oil is extracted using supercritical CO2, which is free of toxic solvents. In fact, Wave controls every step in the process, offering quality control and natural approaches from seed to shelf. Visit WAAYB.com to learn more and use the code WellnessConnection for a 10% discount on your first order. Wave Organics, pure natural CBD. Listening to the Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter or Radia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. Radia, you and I answer a lot of questions about Wave Organics at our workplaces every day, and one frequent question is, how is the CBD oil extracted? Why don't you tell our listeners about that? Well, sure, Peter. Wave uses superficial, superficial, <laughs> Wave uses supercritical CO2 as the form of extraction for their product, and USP-grade liquid CO2 is heated with increased pressure, uh, which gives it the properties of a liquid and a gas, helping it to go through the hemp as well as extract the product from it. So they prefer it because it's the only solvent-free method of extraction currently. And you can see even, and I know you know this product, Peter, you can see the reason why the bottles are clear. So you can see that there are no particulates in the body. Exactly. In the, in the bottle itself, in the liquid. And it's just a very, very pure product. You can find more information about Wave products at www.waayb. That's how you spell Wave. W-A-A-Y-B.com. And for those of you who uh, want to know what Wave stands for, They call it wind always at your back. (laughs) (laughs) And welcome back to the Wellness Connection and our continuing interview with what Dr. Renee Defoe. And Dr. Defoe, what can be done to prevent 
exposure to contaminants. It's easy for me to say, yes, we are. What can be done to prevent exposure to contaminants in the food supply? Well, in the United Kingdom and the European Union, some food products containing ingredients with allowable lead, mercury, and arsenic levels have to have a warning label affixed to those products. Parents are warned that if they feed that product to their child, then they may see their child develop hyperactivity or inattention. We can do the same thing here in the U.S. and other parts of the world. We can require warning labels on foods that contain ingredients known to cause hyperactivity and inattention. We can label foods with pesticide residues. Mm, yeah. I think they're doing that in California right now. I believe they are, but you know, as as we also well know, the uh, food, the big agri and big food segments of the economy have pushed back against that very strongly. Uh, and uh, but you know, I think there may be a crack in the wall in the dike without with all of that as well. Right. The revolution, the the revelation you make in your new book about pesticides evokes the same kind of shock that Rachel Carson's watershed book Silent Spring did in 1962. Do you hope to incite change in our culture the way that Carson did? And if so, what would would that change look like to you? Well, first of all, it isn't just about pesticides. And, and the, the Western diet contains heavy metals that impact your body's ability to maintain, maintain health over time. For example, the heavy metals in the, in the Western diet uh, prevent your body from metabolizing pesticide residues. So you have a vicious cycle there. So you could be, you could be eating uh, organic fruits and vegetables, but still eating processed foods, and uh, you're, you're going to have an impact on the way your genes behave. Mm-hmm. And so it isn't enough to eliminate conventional, conventionally grown foods with pesticide residues. You've got to eliminate those foods with allowable heavy metal levels because mm. they, they can contribute to the development of disease. They can impact the way your genes behave impact uh, whether or not certain proteins will, will be uh, produced. You know, they, mm-hmm. gene, gene suppression leads to lower levels in the proteins we need for our body to function correctly. Especially those with the MTHFR SNP, that about 50% of the population has that gene SNP, and uh, it's critical for detoxification. Absolutely. Right, yeah, and you know, and it, which brings up a good question, Doctor Dufault. You know, some of the research that we've seen has shown that DNA mutations, like you're talking about, uh, can be passed down to several generations. And what are, what are the implications for that for the health of our children, our grandchildren, and so on? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, what a pregnant uh, woman eats determines the risk of her child developing diabetes, heart disease later on down the road. It determines whether or not the child will be at higher risk of autism. So uh, we really need to, just the mercury uh, alone, we know that inorganic mercury is directly tied to diabetes. And and, uh, so if a pregnant woman is eating a lot of processed foods, then she's going to have higher inorganic blood mercury levels, likely. And that's going to result in gestational diabetes. Well, that when you have gestational diabetes, your risk of autism is is uh, twice 
what it would normally be, or having a child with autism. So uh, you, we really need to have uh, a proactive education program to our young people, the, uh, our young adults, before they even think about uh, having children. Uh, the health care crisis that we're in now uh, is only going to get worse if we continue on as we are. I mean, people have to learn how to eat right or we're just going to get sicker and sicker. And it starts in the womb. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And, I, and of course, in my practice and in our particular pharmacy, we see, oh, a vast majority of uh, not only autistic, ADD, ADHD, children, but a huge veritable epidemic of inflammatory diseases and autoimmune diseases popping up. Um, But let me just switch, uh, Dr. Defoe, for a second and ask you, do you anticipate resistance to your recommendations, and where do you think that'll come from? Well, that's definitely going to come from the industries that use the chemicals and the food ingredients with the allowable heavy metal level to make their products. For example, the, the chlorine used to bleach flour has an allowable uh, inorganic mercury residue. You know, and the reason why flour st- uh, bleach flour stays on your shelf forever without mold is because you have that residue. Uh, mercury is great at killing mold. So... Uh, we, we really, we're going to have pushback, but we need to have child health a priority because child health is, is, is essentially uh, the doorway to adult health later on down the road. Mm. For sure. And, you know, so when you say that you think that the uh, that big food and big agra uh, will push back, and we certainly agree with the assessment, uh, how do you think that's going to come about? I think we're seeing the beginnings of some of that in the public consciousness, but uh, how do you think that's going to play out? Well, I think the people need to demand a constitutional amendment to empower the FDA and other agencies involved in food safety to make laws without corporate influence. Children have a basic right to uh, a contaminant-free food. You know, it's a civil right. And, it, and, and because a, child, uh, a child's health is so important for even future health care costs for adults, uh, we, we simply must. I, I think if people start pushing for that so that we can guarantee our children uh, access to contaminant-free food, that would be a first step. And that, that means the FDA, USDA, and EPA uh, can make rules uh, without corporate influence. And when the corporations want to sue and it goes up the chain in the court system, then the courts can go back to the Constitution and say, hey, you know, the kids are, uh, um, it's their right to contaminant-free food supply. Well, one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you that uh, I think is really important uh, for our audience to know, you know, you've been doing some research for a number of years, and you mentioned that it was in collaboration with uh, a group of others. Uh, What other research has uncovered the same uh, results that you discovered? Well, uh, my organization, the Food Ingredient and Health Research Institute, has never really received any funding. Uh, I've collaborated with the American Indian uh, communities through the American Indian Higher Education Consortium. So uh, I've collaborated with uh, tribal community colleges to get the word out and our clinical trial work. Um, 
So uh, the uh, uh, the people that are, are following up on this research, because everything we've published, clinical epigenetics, behavior and brain functions journal, and so on, these uh, publications are cited. They have many citations by other researchers throughout the the world that are following up. And in the Middle East in particular, they've really been tracking the heavy metal levels, lead and mercury in children with autism. And they've been identifying the, you know, backing up the, the finding that, uh, you know, heavily processed food, uh, consumption of heavily processed food leads to these higher heavy metal levels in the blood, especially in autistic children. So, uh, the, uh, What's really going to happen is is that other countries will be, if we don't do anything, they'll just continue to progress. They're like uh, in the United Kingdom and the uh, Europe, European Union, they require uh, warning labels on foods uh, that in our country there are no warning labels on them. So they, there'll be countries that don't want our food. They're not going to buy our food. They're not going to buy our grains. You know, there's some countries who've said no to GMO. And so it's just going to be a situation where the U.S. will continue to get sicker, as they are, compared to other industrialized countries. And uh, the third world will be coming up, and they'll become healthier because they're watching what we did wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we're just, you know, we're, we're digging ourselves our, uh, the hole in which our bodies will be buried, frankly. Mm-hmm. And so if we, if we don't uh, change, then it's, there's no good outcome here. Well, you know, it's one of the things that that's made the news recently, Dr. Dufault, is the uh, landmark court decision against Monsanto regarding uh, Roundup being a, a known carcinogen. And, of course, uh, we know that Monsanto uh, and, and their parent now, parent company, Bayer, are fighting back uh, furiously against that. What do you see as the outcome of uh, that kind of movement, not necessarily the court decision itself, but you know, how do you see that playing out? Do you think that's going to be of value in bringing this issue to the public consciousness? Possibly. Uh, if there were an attorney out there that wanted to start signing up uh, families, a class action suit of, of families with children with ADHD, uh, I've, you know, I just published an article showing the the rates of autism and ADHD are significantly lower since they started the warning labels in uh, in these countries. And so, you know, if if other countries are 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 having these warning labels and they have reduced prevalence and and our our prevalence keeps going up in autism and ADHD, I think there's a there's a case, a legal case. Uh, families with uh, uh, attention deficit and hyperactivity could certainly sue at this point and say, well, look, you know, these these food ingredients are, we parents have no warning in the U.S. and these mm-hmm. other countries provide warning. It's the same thing as the Monsanto thing, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there is a case there for that, and it'd be great if an attorney out there would, would just go on and start collecting, uh, you know, plaintiffs, uh, because uh, I think that case could be won. It would certainly force the food ingredient companies to start labeling, and uh, uh, that would be a first step towards protecting our children. Well, I mean, we've been certainly in a struggle just being able to label GMOs. I mean, I I don't know. It's a long, arduous hill uh, that we have to climb as the public, and I think that the only thing we can do 
is keep getting the word out from experts like you who are writing incredible books and doing research on this. And then hopefully in some of our media, like what Peter and I are trying to do with the Wellness Connection, just keep getting this information out there because so few people really understand what is going on in and why their children are hypertensive or uh, hyperactive and why they're you know having uh, learning disabilities and things like that and it's just it's a perfect storm of toxicity in our environment uh, genetics um, and pathogens uh, that just are, are really hurting not only adults but hurting generations behind us so you're you're doing a fantastic job, and I really encourage you to keep going. Hang in there, Dr. Defoe. I really you know want you to keep writing, keep doing the research on this, and we will hopefully try and help you and others like you to get the word out. And a couple of more, couple of questions. We just have a few minutes left here before we have to go to break. Uh, one important question I'd like it, like you to answer for us and our listeners: What changes do you think need to be made in the FDA to make it more responsive to the needs of the general public? The FDA doesn't have the authority, the congressional authority, to do the things that needs to be done. They only have authority on, on uh, food labels. That's it. Mm. And uh, they, uh, nutrition facts and so on. They don't, uh, they, the way the rules are now, the manufacturers determine whether or not a food ingredient is safe. FDA doesn't have that authority. So until we see a, uh, a guaranteed right, you know, something that the corporations cannot influence, I do. I think it has to be a constitutional issue uh, because FDA does not have the authority without corporate influence at this point. Because the way the system works is everybody has a say, mm. and so the, the the cards are stacked. I mean, corporate influence is far greater on any decision made by any federal government agency at this point and that's a fact right across the board when i was in the uh, government we called it a corporocracy that's what it had become and it's no different today it is what it is so we must have changes i believe in our uh, constitution that's what i'm pushing for and coming from the epa uh, where do you think that's going today and what do you think uh as far as the power of the epa and the strength that it at one point had, where do you think that that's going to go? Are we we're going to see that just shoved right out the door? Or what's your opinion on that? Well, it's not looking good right now, that's for sure. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with the EPA. Um, I, You know, we really need uh, people to understand how our environment impacts our health and future generations. Until they do, I don't think we're going to have the support, the, the people's support to over mm -hmm. the corporate uh, influence, the corporation's needs. Yeah, mm -hmm. so people have to become educated, and I don't know. Corporations are, I'm teaching at uh, public school now, uh, high school, special ed, while I make ends meet, and do research on the side, if you will, and write and so on. And uh, the corporations are dictating the curriculum uh, mm -hmm. and materials and everything else in public schools, and, and everything's been watered down. Uh, we really have to uh, 
to get our, uh, uh, the, the power needs to be with the people. It is not with the people. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you, you made a... Mm-hmm. We I the people. You, yeah, we the people. I think you made a very good point earlier when you said the only way that this is really going to change is on economic influence. When when countries where we are importing our product are no longer buying our product, I think you know that's going to be the real Achilles heel with these corporations. Because until then, I don't think they care. I really don't. Yeah. No, and here that's why I push for the the Constitution thing because uh, it's a free market economy. You can sell anything to anyone, literally, and mm-hmm. but you got to have warnings. So pharmaceuticals, commercials. Here's a warning: if you have this drug, then you're going to have uh, possible hypertension or you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Your eyes, your eyes fall out, no. and your and your yeah. tongue will turn green, and, and yeah. your you know, mother-in-law may die. There, there you so, go. Doctors recommend. Yeah, so if we're going to have a free market, which is what the U.S. is wanting, and we'll always, I can't see them changing there, then we've got to have warning labels on things so, and so people know what they're getting, period. And, and, and uh, just like pharmacy has warning labels, uh, pesticides have warning labels for the, at the user, the application level. Uh, you know, a lot of things go away when it's in the, into consumer hands. You know, a lot of those warnings go away, but, 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 but we really need the warnings for everybody. So, Dr. Defoe, we're just about out of time. Would you please tell our listeners so they can know where they can purchase Unsafe at Any Meal and how they can follow your activities? Okay, so you can purchase Unsafe at Any Meal, what the FDA does not want you to know about the food you eat, because that's the, my book title. There's another Unsafe at Any Meal, but that isn't my book. So you publish my book at, at Amazon.com, and uh, you can find out and track the current research at, at the nonprofit I run called foodingredient.info. And it's only foodingredient.info and not .org because we couldn't, there was no .org available. So foodingredient.info. And um, definitely, oh, we have a free healthy diet tutorial that goes with the book at foodingredient.info. And and the content's been tested in three clinical trials and shown to help people to uh, switch their diet to, uh, you know, uh, redu- significant reductions in processed food and, and improvements and increases in their whole healthy food, organic. Perfect. Well, thank you, Dr. Renee Defoe, for joining us on The Wellness Connection. Thank you so much for having me, Radia, Peter. Radia. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. You're listening to The Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. All of us go through menopause or andropause at some point in our life. The changes in our body make us feel depressed, less confident, and lethargic. Research shows that levels of testosterone drop 50% between the ages of 20 and 40 for females and almost 1% every year for males over the age of 40. Alpha Male X and Alpha Female contain a powerful blend of nine synergistic ingredients designed to help support healthy hormone metabolism in men and women. Additionally, the select ingredients in this formula have been proven clinically effective in supporting sexual health and energy, promoting healthy cortisol levels, and providing dopamine support. When it comes to hormones, one supplement does not fit all. So be sure and visit alphatherapeutics.us and fill out the questionnaire to get the dose 
nursing instructions that are right for you. Use the code wellnessconnection for a 15% discount on your first order. Let's connect because together we make our lives better. Listening to the Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. And welcome back to the Wellness Connection. Peter, you and I are always talking about stress because. Doesn't everyone have it? <laughs> Do you? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why the alpha male X is uniquely formulated. Yeah, we do talk about it a lot, Ruddy, and that's because cortisol has a direct relationship with our sex hormones, such as testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, etc. And and when it's time to fight or flee, our body secretes cortisol and binds our testosterone keys in a sheath made of a sex hormone binding globulin, otherwise known as SHBG. So it's really important to realize that symptoms of, quote, low T do not necessarily mean you have low testosterone, but rather too little free testosterone. That's right. And remember, SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin, binds testosterone and renders it unusable. So it's the free testosterone that really matters. And free Testosterone is what will affect one's symptoms. That's correct. And because of the market difference in the total and free testosterone in both women and men, a slight increase in SHBG in a woman will decrease her free testosterone as well. And remember, the total may be normal, but the free very low. As a result, physicians tend to say that because of a normal total testosterone, that the woman doesn't need to be treated, which is not true because of the low free testosterone. So both alpha male X and alpha female have ashwagandha in to manage your cortisol. We know what that sound means. A weekly feature, the supplement of the week. And what would that be? Well, Peter, people often ask me, what do fish oil what do fish oils do, first of all, and why is it good for me? Essential acids, EFAs, include linoleic acid, which is omega six, alpha linoleic. Um, linolenic, which is omega-3, and arachidonic acid, collectively termed, termed as vitamin F. Essential means that our body cannot make it. It must get it through our food. Yep, and linoleic acid is necessary for the synthesis of prostaglandins. Prosta what? <laughs> <laughs> now, we're not talking about the prostate. Prostaglandins are hormone-like substances or chemical messengers, but unlike hormones that are secreted by glands, circulate in the blood and turn on or off certain organ functions. Prostaglandins are produced in the cell and in a split second turn on or off inflammatory signals. An inflammation is a part of our immune system, and when in control, it's an important part of the body's defense from injury and when under attack from foreign invaders. Yep, and arachidonic acids found in red meat 
turns on inflammatory signals, while alpha-linolenic acid found in fish oils turns off inflammatory signals. So why are fish oils important? Well, here's just a, a few of the functions. First of all, it reduces inflammation throughout your body. It keeps your blood from clotting excessively. It maintains the fluidity of your cell membranes. And it lowers the amount of lipids, fats, such as cholesterol and triglycerides. It decreases platelet aggregation, preventing excessive blood clotting. And it inhibits thickening of the lining of the arteries. It increases the activity of a chemical known as nitric oxide, which causes arteries to relax and dilate, which is what you want. There you go. And reduces the production of messenger chemicals called cytokines, which are involved in the inflammatory response associated with atherosclerosis. It also reduces the risk of becoming obese and improves the body's ability to respond to insulin by stimulating the secretion of what's called leptin, a hormone that helps regulate food intake, body weight and metabolism, and its expression primarily in adipocytes, which are fat cells. And it's important to emphasize Radius said leptin and not lectin, which is a whole different subject. Yes, in L-E-P-T-I-N. That's correct. Mm-hmm. And my favorite is it helps prevent cancer cell growth. Yeah, and also, you know, I like, I, I particularly like the barleen swirl. Um, barleen utilizes a proprietary emulsifier technology called amplified absorption, which is designed to boost absorption and deliver significantly more nutritional value than standard supplements per serving. So I put it every morning in my smoothie. And a tablespoon barley swirl gives you 1,500 milligrams of uh, omega-3s. This is the first part of my five-part series on EFAs. Yes, and Peter... I'm going to go into more detail about essential fatty acids and their function in later episodes, so be sure to stay tuned. And now it's time for the burning question where we answer those important health questions that you, the listeners, send in to us. It's important to note that any diagnosis of disease can only be provided by your medical doctor or other licensed healthcare professional. None of the information we present is intended for the diagnosis or treatment of disease. And Mike from Fort Hood asks, what's the difference between L-carnitine versus acetyl-L-carnitine? And Mike, this is a common misunderstanding. There's a cool thing about L-carnitine. Our blood carries blood fat or triglycerides to the cell and shuttles them to the power plant or the mitochondria of the cell where your body converts the blood fat into energy. So think of L-carnitine like a little tram that helps mobilize fat from fat storage deposits and shuttles it into the furnace to be burned as fuel. So L-carnitine is used to lose weight and gives you energy for your workout. I recommend two capsules of pure encapsulations L-carnitine one to two times daily between meals. And acetyl L-carnitine, on the other hand, is a processed form of L-carnitine that can pass through the blood-brain barrier to help energize your brain. And also, Radia, don't forget another organic chemical is acetylcholine, which is a primary neurotransmitter in the brain released by a nerve cell or neuron that causes muscles to contract, activates pain responses, and regulates endocrine and REM sleep functions. And acetyl-L-carnitine helps to form acetylcholine. So for better brain memory and overall cognitive function, I recommend about 500 milligrams uh, three times daily of acetyl-L-carnitine. And I like Numedica as well, Peter. 
right? And even though it's okay to take both forms, it may not be necessary because acetyl L-carnitine actually does everything that regular L-carnitine does. Plus, it also, remember, can cross the blood-brain barrier and support cognitive function while regular L-carnitine does not. So I hope that clears it up for you, Mike. Well, you can submit your own burning question by going to the Wellness Connection, AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection, AHI at gmail.com, and submit your own burning question. And turn in every week to hear if your question is being answered on the air. We'll be right back after this message from our sponsor. You're listening to the Wellness Connection on Voice America Digital Radio Network. Balance and good health, two essential building blocks for a full and rich life. But sometimes in our complex and stressful world, both can be lost, and you need to find a natural way to get them back. Enter CBD oil, a natural approach to restoring harmony to your body and your life. But not just any CBD oil. For natural results, you want to be sure the CBD oil you use is produced the right way. Wave Organics offers pure CBD oil from hemp raised naturally on farms in Colorado. The oil is extracted using supercritical CO2, which is free of toxic solvents. In fact, Wave controls every step in the process, offering quality control and natural approaches from seed to shelf. Visit waayb.com to learn more and use the code WellnessConnection for a 10% discount on your first order. Wave Organics, pure natural CBD. Listening to the Wellness Connection. If you have a question or comment for Peter Aradia, please send it via email to the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. That's the Wellness Connection AHI at gmail.com. Now, let's return to this week's show. Well, Radia, now it's time for our weekly feature, the Drug-Induced Nutrient Depletion Update. And uh, what drug are we going to be talking about this week? Well, Peter, the drug of the week this week, drumroll, I bet you don't think of this as a drug, but caffeine. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the nutrients that may be depleted from caffeine consumption are zinc, B-complex, vitamin K, and biotin. Well, you know, a zinc deficiency may cause some issues like decreased bone metabolism and structure, decreased protein digestion, energy production, decreased insulin activity, and it may decrease normal taste. It'll impair wound healing and our immune system, and as well, it'll impair the skin's normal oil gland function. And of course, our B vitamin, B-complex deficiency may cause loss of appetite energy loss, and decreased metabolism of all protein, carbohydrate, and fat. Yep. Vitamin K makes the proteins that allow the blood to clot and makes the proteins that control calcium. So it's important to have those. Mm-hmm. And biotin deficiency may cause anemia, heart abnormalities, slow cell growth, decrease in antibody and lymphocyte formation, dull, dry hair, and thin nails. And so if you're drinking a lot of caffeine, I would recommend taking a good b And for your vitamin K, I recommend Synergy K by Pure Encapsulation one a day or even Super K by Life Extension one a day. And don't forget the extra zinc. And finally, to be sure that you have a good B-complex that has biotin in it, 
uh, otherwise, go ahead and add your biotin. Right. So if you purchase these drugs, be sure and talk to a qualified pharmacist or wellness consultant to help you with finding the right supplement and dosage to complement your drug prescription. And now it's time for our health freedom segment. And joining us today is Roseanne Lindsay, president of the National Health Freedom Coalition. Roseanne is a naturopathic doctor, writer, and author, and a health freedom educator who guides others to come into balance using body, mind, spirit medicine. Roseanne comes to the healing arts from her own journey of reversing profound hypothyroidism naturally. She teaches that our own that we are our own healers. Her two books are The Nature of Healing, Heal the Body, Heal the Planet, and Free um, Your Voice, Heal Your Thyroid, Reverse Thyroid Disease Naturally. As president of the National Health Freedom Coalition, she works to ensure that we retain our freedom and rights to choose how to stay healthy. Roseanne, welcome to the Wellness Connection. Hey, Roddy and Peter. Nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, great to be hearing your voice again, my friend. And, you know, you're a blogger and you're a writer on natural healing. Tell us about your new book, Free Your Voice, Heal Your Thyroid. Well, I can talk a little bit about this briefly. It's it's based on my own story of reversing profound hypothyroidism, which I was diagnosed with in 2009. And basically, I... It was an opportunity for me to make a choice, and I think all challenges uh, present us with a choice, and if we don't, you know, use that opportunity, we just, you know, we can settle for whatever we're given, and my choice was to take up a medical drug for the rest of my life or to do it my way, and what I did was I chose to do it my way. I used food as medicine. I used herbs you know, everything you guys talk about, and in less than a year, I reversed it completely. So my intention with this book is basically twofold. It's one, to change the mindset of living with disease, because no one has to settle for that. And the other thing is to, um, it's ultimately, self-healing is ultimately about reconnecting to nature. Mm-hmm. Well, which makes perfect sense that you are a naturopath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how did your own health journey lead you to become a health freedom advocate? Well, I think I've always been an activist at heart. I started um, when my kids were little and sick. I started with raw milk, and then when they when the state started to attack my raw milk farmer, my small farmer, uh, dairy farmer who does raw milk, and went after him and started to prevent me from accessing the foods of my choice. I got involved. Um, you know, this was regarding my children's health, and I have a right to that food. Uh, and so it went from there to protecting the water in my area. You know, standing up for the right to clean water. And then I was introduced to Diane Miller, whom you both know. Um, She's the public, you know, law, uh, director of law and public policy with the National Health Freedom Coalition. So uh, over the years, I went to the Congress where I met you two and I learned about that organization and their sister organization, National Health Freedom Action, which, you know, uses. Um, legislation and um, and lobbying to protect our access to these foods and uh, our natural rights to choice and freedom uh, oh, to choose. Yeah. So you, 
I'm sorry, you're, you're, you're a perfect example of what our previous um, guest was talking about, how people have to stand up for their rights and start demanding for themselves and their children what their needs are. Exactly right. We, the only freedom we have is the freedom we defend. Mm-hmm. Mm, wow, that's a great th- Say that again. I, I want our, our listeners to really absorb that. Well, the only freedom we have is the freedom we stand up and protect using our voices. I mean, what else do we have? We have our bodies and our voices. And when our governments uh, go rogue and they don't, uh, they're there to protect our rights. And when they don't do that, which is what they're showing themselves you know, not to be doing, then it's up to us because this is a government of and for the people. We have to be rep- We have to represent ourselves. We can't always expect others to represent us. You mean this isn't a government of and for the corporations? <laughs> yeah, I think you're on there, Radia. <laughs> there you go. Well, you know, Roseanne, besides your responsibilities as president of the National Health Freedom Coalition, we know that you're leading the charge in your home state of Wisconsin for passage of a safe harbor bill. Uh, how is that effort progressing, first of all? And secondly, what do you expect that legislation to accomplish? Well, let's see. It's called the Wisconsin Consumer Protection for Alternative Health Care Act. It's, it's considered to be a safe harbor bill, which is uh, what Diane Miller, who I'm sure you've had on before, has talked about. Um, we have these safe harbor legislative bills or acts in 10 states, and it's under SB 678 currently. We are going back in the third attempt to um, garner support with our 11 co-sponsors that we had last year. It didn't move forward last year because um, legislative process stopped when we were ready to go to hearing, and we um, so we're going to be starting basically from that point going forward this year, trying to get a hearing. Uh, it's basically, uh, it protects healers from being criminalized for practicing medicine without a license. And as a naturopath, I am concerned about that. Um, we feel that we do not practice licensed medicine. We do not perform dangerous acts. Therefore, we don't need a license. And we're offering this bill, that sh- uh, this law that basically states if we um, list prohibitions and a list of disclosures and and we present that to our clients that should be good enough to show them that we're not medical doctors we're not going to you know intrude on their turf and we feel that you know this should protect not only practitioners but also consumers access to us to have freedom of choice You know, Roseanne, this is a national and international show, so I'm hoping that our listeners in other states are going to take your, uh, not only your advice, but your expertise into their own states, and they can, of course, get a hold of the National Health Freedom uh, Advocacy Group, the National Health Freedom Coalition, uh, to get some more advice on how they may do the same thing that you're doing in Wisconsin. Yeah, they can they can go to our website, which is under construction but almost ready. It's uh, nationalhealthfreedom.org, um, and 
we have a legislative director, Ann Gillum, who will talk to people about, you know, organizing on the ground level, grassroots level, and who and she'll guide them through the process. She will give them, you know, a basic blueprint for the legislation so they don't have to draft it from beginning, you know. And we've we've had success in ten states. There are ten states that have this legislation that protect all our rights to access the the medical modalities of our choice. You know, we don't have to just settle for the Western medical allopathic medica, medical system. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, naturopathy, homeopathy, um, all kinds of things. And so these bills are basically exemption bills, exemption from the Medical Practice Acts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay, well, we only have one more minute to go uh, before we have to close. In, uh, in about 30 seconds, uh, Roseanne, how, how could, uh, what's the first step that uh, an advocate in another state uh, that would like to get this effort started needs to do? First step is to know that they can write their own bill just by having a thought of, you know, wanting to protect your freedoms. You can take that thought, write it down, write write what you want protected and try to locate your, uh, it should be easy enough, your representative in uh, the legislature. And then, you know, contact us at National Health Freedom Coalition we're based in Minnesota. Um, we have people all over, though, and we'll get you started. And it's not that hard. You just one person can do it. In Wisconsin, I'm that one person. In other states, there's a group of people. So if you can get a group of people, so much the better. Mm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you, Roseanne Lindsay, for joining us on the Wellness Connection. Thank you both. Yes, we'll talk to you soon. Be sure to tune in next week, and of course, to be sure to submit your burning question. The next one we answer may be yours. I'm your co-host, Roddy Iglesias. And I'm your co-host, Peter McCarthy. So long for now from the Wellness Connection, brought to you by Wave and Alpha Therapeutics. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to The Wellness Connection with Radia Iglesias and Peter McCarthy. Be sure to join us for another episode next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again next week.